Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. everybody understands where we're at right now we still have a lot of division games left and so it's more of a mentality of controlling your own destiny we need everybody today everybody on the fucking field doing your job to the best of your fucking ability that's all it takes that's all it takes start the fucking fight let's go he did what a catch by Cowboys anywhere near he had a very good chance of coming down with the ball. your final score from Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. The Colts come out on top, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fall to 4-7 on the season. A performance that was too little too late. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers come up short with a costly turnover on a potential drive that could have brought them to overtime, trailing by seven points. It was up to the offense to go out there and get the job done, and unfortunately, some costly sacks and a turnover late. The Colts take this one This is a tough game. This is a very, very, very tough game. And I said on the game preview show, honestly, I I know we talk a whole lot about the division games that are yet to be played, but I I still think, in my opinion, this game felt like it was it. You know, it it felt like it was it going in a going a long way in determining what kind of team the Bucs were going to be throughout the rest of the season. Like this is a Colts team that they should have beat. And honestly, they played better than I expected them to with as short-changed as they were coming into this game. Obviously, you're missing Levante David on defense, and you felt his presence being missed, you know? I, I think tackling was a big issue today. We'll obviously get into the issues that were there because they weren't perfect. But the offense kept them into this game, uh, kept them into this game, kept them in this game until the very end. Sorry, you know, I'm, I'm a little upset. Words are tough. But welcome back to the Can of Fire podcast live on YouTube today. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host from BucksNation.com, Evan Wanish. Evan, your initial thoughts on a disappointing afternoon. Yeah, well, obviously, you know, the the biggest news coming out of this weekend, CM Punk is back, Um, of course, um, you know, after almost ten years, after, but after almost ten it, years of of, it not feels being... like it feels like it's been it feels like it's been ten years since the Bucks actually put together a complete football game. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we talk about it and um, everything that we talked about on the preview show and how you said you know you thought it was a must win and uh, you know you thought that if the Bucks lost their season was over and like you know you even said like I declared their season over freaking three weeks ago so. At the same time, though, I came back and I said, well, I was like, yes, it, a loss would certainly hurt because it makes your margin for error so much smaller, right? And when the losses start to pile up, people get down on themselves, you know? Like, you just, you don't like losing. And now it's two straight. After you had lost four straight, you win one, then you lose two straight. Like, yeah, like that really, that win against Tennessee really doesn't matter then, you know? So at the same time, while the loss sucks, it's not going to matter as much if they just win these next two division games. And like, I know it sounds crazy to say, 
Like I, I know it does at this point right now when we're, you know, when we're talking about this, right, we got all Mr. Bucks nation viewers in here. Appreciate you all. When we're talking about this, it, this game in retrospect might not matter that much if they just go out and take care of business in these next two divisional games. You should have taken care of business this week. That's what I'm saying. Like, this was the ultimate opportunity to put another one on the schedule to not fall another game behind in the division. And I know that that game between the uh, the Saints and the Falcons, who won that, by the way? Is that still going? Uh, the Falcons won, so they're in first place in NFC South. So the Buccaneers are one game out of first place. Yeah, one game out of first place. I know you have division opponents coming up, but... To prove to me as a fan and as a spectator, someone who watches this team every week, to prove to me that they were going to be able to make some noise in the division, they had to beat up on a beat-up team. Like, the Colts obviously came into this with their fair share of issues as well. The Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew did not play well. You know, it, clearly letting uh, him letting him sit, well... I, me, me and you have two different perspectives on the defense, so I'm curious to get into that later. Yeah, uh, we, we will get into that uh, in time, but it, let's break down how this game ultimately played out. You know, the offense for the Bucks needed to be the strong point today, and uh, they came up empty on a lot of drives, but they showed signs. They showed positive signs, and, and the stuff that they've been building on week in and week out. Rashad White, probably his best game of the season, running the football. His first 15 carries of the game, he gets a clean 100 yards. Uh, Chase Edmonds also getting a little bit of action today. The Bucks were efficient running the football and some nifty running at times today kept drives alive. But let's talk about the start of this football game, the opening drive, the Colts defer. So the Bucks come out. It's time for Baker to go to work. Uh, they started hot. They marched their way all the way down to the one yard line of Indy. Baker grabs his ankle, goes down back to the sideline after a QB sneak attempt from the one yard line. In comes Kyle Trask, his first regular season action. And judging by the reaction of Baker Mayfield going over to the sideline, I wasn't too confident about him coming into the game, so I was ready for Trask season to start. I was curious to see what that would look like. Uh, first pass attempt, whistle dead. Second play is a handoff to the running back. Third is a dot to Chris Godwin. And let's be honest, it was a dime in the corner of the end zone, but he probably should have thrown it maybe a quarter second sooner. Uh, but the Bucks come away with three points. And then the defense comes out, holds Indy to three points. And uh, a big-time sack by Joe Tryon Shoinka on that drive as well. Maybe Played we can, well today. Yeah, I, I thought I thought the young defensive line, we'll talk about some of those guys on the defense here in a moment. Some of those guys shined for sure. But on the offensive side of the ball, you know, that was the most efficient the Bucks have looked on an opening drive all year. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually thought the offense was was, was decent. Um, I, I did think that the offense, they moved the ball. Uh, obviously, you talked about that first drive, moved the ball really well, had that nice catch by Mike Evans on that third down. And uh, and then, yeah, it, it was unfortunate, you know, because I I think they play that a little bit differently if, if Baker Mayfield's in the game instead of Kyle Trask. And um was a good throw by Kyle Trask. It was an accurate ball. Like you, like you said, though, probably, and I think the broadcast noted this as well, if he throws it a second sooner, it's probably a touchdown. But, like, you know, I'm not going to freaking sit here and blame him for it. Um Yeah, and then, you know, Baker, I, I thought he was going to be okay. Um I, I did. It was a little bit worrisome, I think, how long he stayed on the ground. Because, I mean, it was a long time he was on the ground. Like, it wasn't like he, you know, was on the ground, then got up really quick, went over and came out. No, he was on the ground for a good bit. Uh, and we'll have to wait and see, you know, whether that lingers, if he's on the injury report this week, his mobility seemed fine the rest of the game. So like, it didn't really seem like it was something that was bothering him too much. The rest of the way, he probably got it wrapped up a little bit more, got some treatment at halftime, but, um, we'll have to see, you know, how they manage that throughout the week. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that, 
the offense, like I said, was able to move the ball. You talk about Rashad White. I think it was his best game running the ball this uh, week. He wasn't really much of a threat in the passing game, as we have a two-hour super chat from Amazement717. Man, if opening drive ended with a touchdown, who knows? Yeah, I mean, you know, you could play the hindsight 2020 game, you know, all they lost by seven. Um, that would have given them what four extra points than they had, so they still would have lost by three. <laughs> but, um, you know, we'll have to wait and see how Baker responds to that. And then, like I said about Rashad White, wasn't as much of a factor in the passing game, but uh, did run the ball effective. And we talked, we spoke with the guys uh, from the the Bring the Juice podcast uh, on the preview, and they said that like the Colts' running defense has been a bit of an issue for the Colts. So, uh, Rashad White was able to take advantage of that. I thought they moved the ball fine. Um, it's just, you know, now you're starting to see Mayfield had the pick. Uh, this is now, uh, is it three straight games with an interception now for yeah. Baker Mayfield? Um, three straight games with interception. I had the uh, a couple of drop picks last week in San Francisco, has the pick today, and then has the fumble. So my biggest concern about this offense, outside of the offensive line, because the offensive line I didn't think was too good today. Um, but my biggest concern with this offense is Baker Mayfield starting to get that turnover bug a little bit. And it's something that he has done such a good job of managing and avoiding. It's just, it's unfortunate that's happening at this time that like he's starting to starting to turn the ball over a bit more. And it's something that the Bucks just can't afford. Yeah, I will agree about the offensive line. We'll talk a little more about Baker Mayfield and then get to our first caller um, but Baker today, his stat line, he's 20 for 30, 199 yards, two touchdowns. And then the interception that you had talked about, the pattern that you're starting to see with the turnovers, they're coming at bad times. And to be honest, mm-hmm. it seems like every week it's a worse throw. You know, this week he was just trying to force it to Mike Evans. Like I know Mike was eating early in this game and they were moving the ball pretty well. So maybe he was playing confident, but it was his first play back in after going over to the sideline after uh, that ankle injury from the QB sneak attempt. So, you know, realistically, I do think he was able to overcome it and obviously put this offense in a position to go down the field at the end of the game, but, you know, too little too late. I'm not sure if it was the offensive line collapsing too quickly, him hanging on to the ball too long, probably a combination of both today and some of the miscues the Bucs had. DeForest Buckner had a big day. You know, I think the offensive line had one of their weaker games of the season, but you really hope to see him bounce back because again, we talk about how critical these division games are. They're, they're tough games. It's going to be more tough sledding for this Buccaneers offense. And one of the reasons they haven't been one of the worst in the se- uh worst in the league so far this year is because of a lack of turnovers. And this is not the time of season where you want that to become a habit for sure. But uh, yeah, your final I, I thoughts mean, on bake. Yeah. You know, four turnovers in the last two games, um, one fumble each game, one interception each game. So uh, just something he's got to cut out. And I thought, you know, he made some big throws, though. I mean, the, the fourth down throw to Godwin was a really good one. The touchdown then, you know, to Mike Evans, uh, he made some really good throws. But at the same time, like he's starting to just starting to be something you just want to avoid because down the stretch here, especially when there's a lot of going to be a lot of questions about who's on, you know, who's coaching this team next year, who's the quarterback for this team next year, Baker Mayfield, you know, the last impression you can have of him is like, Oh, he's really starting to turn the ball over. And that's something that, like I said, he did such a good job of avoiding it. 
Um, and and just like just like Clack Five White says, uh, should have checked it down on the last play. Yeah, Rashad White to open there. Um, didn't have much time. Like I get it. Like you're looking for a bigger play, but Rashad White to open. Just take the quick check down, get the first down, and move on. Uh, just trying to do a little bit too much. And you just like I said, you just hope it doesn't become a trend because if it does, the Bucks are in big trouble. Big game today for Mike Evans. Six catches, seventy yards, two touchdowns. He finds the end zone twice. And uh, the first time, man, they left him wide ass open. Uh, you, yeah. you cannot leave Mike Evans that uncovered, especially in the red zone. He is a target, and he played well today. Kate Otten, four catches for 45 yards. Chris Godwin had some huge catches, even though they came later in the second half of this game. Three receptions for 45 yards. Trey Palmer, four catches for 17. And Payne Durham with a huge catch early in the game. One catch. Almost, almost picked. Yeah, almost picked. Uh, but... Let me say this uh, about, you know, some of the things we saw in the passing game today. What's going on with the drops? Uh, you know, a li- yeah. little bit of the little bit of the yips. We can talk about the passes being batted down at the line of scrimmage. That was also an issue today. I think three or four times today, Baker just had a pass that was somehow affected by one of the big guys on that defensive line for Indy. But, you know, the, the drops were bad today. Trey Palmer had a crucial drop. I think it was second and 17. The Bucks would have converted and then uh, ultimately, that's incomplete. They they come up empty. You know, you're you're leaving points on the field time and time again. And the Bucks were better today, I think, than they have been uh, discipline wise on offense. A couple of costly holding calls on Aaron Stinney, but aside from that, I can't think of too many back breaking penalties from this game on the defensive side. You know, not a lot of DPIs. There there wasn't any face mask. Like it, it was a pretty clean day overall as far as penalties, but those few mistakes ended up costing them big in the end and, and drops were, were a, a big one. I think it's been what six drops in the last four games for these bucks receivers or some ridiculous stat like that. It's been bad. Yeah, it's been up there. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, Palmer, Palmer's going to come down with that ball. Um, that's just something that he's just, yeah, he's, he's got to catch. And, uh, you know, then obviously I think Chris Godwin had a drop earlier in the game, which is very uncharacteristic. Um, so, and, you know, I agree with the chat. They, they say that, you know, Godwin needs to get more involved. I agree. He got involved in the first play of the game and made the big fourth down play, but I just named two of his three catches right there. Like, like where is Kurt? Like, why are you paying him all this money if you're not going to use him? Um, so, because they got to get Chris Godwin more involved in this offense. Like, they do a great job of getting Mike Evans involved and getting him catches and everything. And that's great. But at the same time, like, this offense has to go when Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are not just one. So uh, I do think they got to find a way to, to get Godwin more involved in a bigger part of this passing game. But um, yeah, the drops are, you know, I, I don't know how to fix them. You just, you got to catch the ball. It, it, it sounds stupid. Like I'm just, just catch the ball. You know, it, it's, it's pretty simple. Um uh, you know, you're a professional wide receiver. You got to catch the football. And when you don't, mistakes like that are going to happen and they're going to come back to bite you. Yeah, the Buccaneers, yeah, it would have been a first down, well inside field goal range for Trey Palmer. You know, Trey Palmer catches that ball, he drops it. The next play, the Buccaneers have the punt, you know. So it just, it, it re- really hurts you. And you just, you can't have it, especially when an offense that oh, is no. trying, is finally finding its way, the drops can't happen. First, we got our first caller uh, on the Can of Fire podcast. Hello, who's this? See, that? See, how the, see how the Bucks make me feel, make my family feel? Yeah. My baby crying in the background. Yeah, dude. See all that? So, listen, and I, and, I, and I tweeted it already. I said, um, 
the team is better than how they're being coached. Um, really frustrating because let's take away from some of the things that's happened on in the games, right? We have mini camp, training camp, preseason. There's no way in hell of it. There's no way in hell of it that you can tell me that Matt Filer at any point in any of those sessions showed that he was a better guard than Aaron Spinney. See, that lack of evaluation lends itself to a lack of faith that I have in the coaching staff. The running game has been progressively better hmm. with Aaron Spinney in the game. Just, there's no way they didn't see this. I'm sorry. There's just no way because it's, it's that much better. And it's not great, but we see the push up front. We see the holes being open. We see the athleticism from the offensive line. So that lends itself to a lack of faith in the coaching staff that ends up playing out on Sunday, especially from a fan perspective. Like, they just – Todd Bowles is a coordinator. He's a coordinator, and that's just what he is. And it's okay. It's, it's okay to be a million-dollar making decision-making in a pro sport. Everybody's not meant to be a head coach, Okay. And it shows itself over and over again that he's just not head coach material. Um, Devin White, I'm okay benching him for the rest of the year. He he doesn't give anything worth – I mean, he's in the contract year. I guess he wants to put film out there for the other teams because he's not going to be a Buccaneer. Um, Jamel Dean, I'm okay with figuring out a way to restructure his contract. Did anybody notice that we were missing him today? I didn't. I'm, I'm not sure if you guys did or not, but – I saw Zion McCullum make some plays today. He, he he gave up some plays too, but he pretty much played at the same level as our $20 million cornerback played um, based off the film from this season. I just – we've progressively gotten worse as a unit, and that's just a show the signs of coaching. And um, oh, it, it, that was a frustrating loss today. We should have beat the Colts. Yeah. We lost to another below-average quarterback. I mean, how many, how many times do we need to see this happen? I'm okay with losing to Jalen Hurts. I'm okay with losing to Jared Goff with Ben Johnson. I'm okay with those losses. They're upsetting, but I'm okay with it. I'm okay to losing to Brock Purdy, not not him being a perfect player, but I'm okay with losing with Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan. I'm okay with that, right? Like, I'm not okay with losing to Gardner Minshew and dropping interceptions. And when they need a drive, who raise your hand if you have faith when we cut that lead to three that we were going to get a stop. Don't worry, I'll wait, because I didn't. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't care what was going to happen, whether it be a defensive penalty, a conversion on fourth down, on which it was, a busted coverage, an eight-minute drive like we gave to Philadelphia to close the game out. I was not surprised that we couldn't close that, that series out. You know, by the time um, – And that's just a lack of faith. By the time the Go Bucks ahead. were in that situation to lean on the defense, you know, the, the Colts' run game was just getting better as the game went on. You know, they were running the ball so well in that third and fourth quarter that I had no doubt they were going to be able to do what they needed to do. But I, I, I will say this. I do have a little bit of a bone to pick with Todd Bowles, and I completely understand your point of view. I know you're not the only person who's completely frustrated and done with Todd Bowles after today. It's getting harder and harder to defend a one-in-six stretch, you know, since the bye week. It, it, you just can't say a lot of good things about how the middle of the season has gone for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I will say this, on top of you know the execution errors that we saw out there today maybe being a reflection of coaching, I think he needs to be more consistent in deciding how aggressive he wants to be as a head coach. Uh, because let's be honest, he 
did not throw the challenge flag twice today. And I understand in the second half, you know, Mike Evans is begging him to throw the challenge flag on that first down I, reception. I don't he know should why have. He I, I don't know why he held on to it, but he also potentially could have thrown the challenge flag on that big Payne Durham catch early in the game as well. That, yeah, that could have been a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, it's the first half, Todd. Real if you're quick. planning on carrying three timeouts into halftime anyways, then just – Oh, he's almost got me so mad. Just fucking use one. Just throw the flag. Just throw the fucking challenge flag. You know, take a chance. You cannot you cannot be aggressive on fourth and ten and then tell me you don't want to throw a challenge flag the two chances that you get it. You know, do you remember back in the day when people were just complaining about Bruce Arians being kind of trigger happy with the challenge flag? Dude, Bruce was challenging fucking everything. But Todd Bowles has just not shown me enough consistency in deciding how aggressive he wants to be as a head coach. And again, you make a lot of valid points with with the execution errors on the players today being a reflection of coaching. I mean, I am losing my patience. I still think we have the most important games of the season ahead of us. And the NFC South, obviously, still that door is open. It is not slammed shut yet. But damn, dude, I, I mean... Todd has got me losing my cool. You know, it, it is it is uh, officially week 12, and that is the week I have lost my cool. I've been pretty composed and, so far up until this season, but yeah, I, I'm tired of losing, man. I, I am tired of losing. Yeah. Uh, and before, before I go, and that's why I made my statement that we are better than what we're coached, because on that drive that he didn't challenge that Mike Evans catch, which was clearly a catch. Mike Evans is never that emotional. He knew he caught the ball. Yeah. But anyway, we scored a touchdown and converted that fourth down. And that lit that I was like, you know what? We're a better team than we're being coached. We we outplayed the coaching on that particular drive to get that touchdown. But uh, that's my call, guys. Thanks, man. Hey, yeah, we appreciate you. you. I'm not- we have a, a five dollar super chat from the crazy Shank. I uh, saw some good things today, but it's not enough. Some of the same mistakes are still happening. Coaches and players not making a case to stay. Yeah, I mean, you're you're right. I mean. You know, we talk about, you know, a change at head coach or whatever, and this is the type of game that could get you, you fired. That At the same time, though, it, it all comes down to these division games, and the Bucs still have four division games ahead of them. Um, so we'll have to see how they shake out. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, right now it's not looking good for Todd Bowles' chances of, of keeping his job. And then we've talked about it in the past as far as the future with Baker Mayfield, right? We – Still believe if Todd Bowles isn't back, I, I find it hard to believe that Baker Mayfield's going to be back. So um, they have what they got? Is it seven games? Um, as we we have another five hour super chat from Amazement seven one seven. Thank you again. At least our younger players look solid. Canty, Yaya, Rashad, Otten, just build around them and get a QB next draft. Yeah, I mean they they definitely might. I mean, and Canty, I thought had a terrific day today. We'll get to the defense here uh, very shortly, um, but. I thought Canty had a good day. Yaya Diaby obviously got a little bit banged up, but uh, I thought Shavasier Dennis relatively held his own for the situation he was put in. Uh, and even like, I know he's been under fire a lot and like rightfully so, but Joe Trishwinka, like I mentioned earlier, he played well today, I thought. So um, yeah, I mean, thanks a lot for the super chat. And I I, I don't think you're alone in, in wanting to build around some of those players already having those pieces and, and wanting to find a different quarterback, a different head coach. I don't think you're alone. Yeah. I think that defensive line was one of the bright spots on defense today. And those young guys stepped up. They did exactly what they needed to do. And, and Joe Tryon Shoenka, as you mentioned, uh, had the game that he needed to have. It was a much bigger platform for him today. And uh, he came through with a big time sack. Let's get through some more of these calls. We got four people on hold. Maybe wow. we can dive some more into the defense as we see what some people think. From the 727, you're on the Can of Fire podcast. Who's this? Oh, my gosh. Finally. 
Yeah, I know. I oh. Jam phone line. I swear, it's like I've been waiting in line for the DMV. This is brutal. Well, you know we're we're big time, just, buddy. Just just hang up. <laughs> worst worst customer service ever. You well, worked in customer service. You know what bad customer service looks like. After we uh, after we dump you off the phone line, make sure you stick around for our survey. What's up? I said after we after we dump you here, make sure you stick around for our survey. Give us five stars. Oh yeah. Hey. I mean, for anybody who doesn't know, this is James from Mr. Bucks Nation. We're not being, uh, you know, just rude to this particular caller. It's worth it. Um, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's completely warranted. So, uh, James, what's on your mind? Well, first off, congratulations on winning the tag titles last night. All right. Thank you. Um, that was huge for both of you. Punk kind of upstaged um, me, but okay. We had our moment. Well, you know. You did. You did. You guys had your moment. Um, I don't know, man. Tough loss, huh? Yeah. Man, a very few words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now is not the time Tough to come onto the show and be all mysterious, James. What are you thinking about this game? Bucks are at Bucks are at four and seven, and you're one of the most positive guys that we have in this content uh, creation circle around the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And and I got to know how you're feeling. What what is your spin on this? Oh yeah. Well, this was. What was interesting to me was I I said it before I ended off my stream was uh, this was like the first game where well not the first game but like this was the game where it was the most notable where it's like man Baker's holding on to the ball for way too long and just giving up some costly sacks it was was it two plays guys in the red zone where he got sacked back to back it was definitely one I don't know about two it, it was definitely it was, definitely one it was two sacks at the end of the game there. Uh, when the Bucks were potentially in the red zone, you know, you're playing for overtime, you're playing for the touchdown, and he, he just, you know, could knock it out of the pocket. The pressure came came quick. Yeah, that was the first one, and then obviously the the fumble at the end there, which you know, Kevin's point, you know, part of that's on the offensive line not not playing great today. Part of that is is Baker possibly holding on the ball for too long, like Evan was saying, you know, a little, little bit a little bit of the turnover issue, you know. Yeah. This this game to me was definitely one where it was like okay, like besides the one Trey Palmer drop drop, um, you finally had a good running game, and this is the one where it's like ooh, this was not a very good game from Baker. Was it like the worst game in the world? No, but this is one where you were like okay, like Baker didn't do enough in this game. Is that fair to say? He should have done it. I think he should have done enough at the end. You know, we can talk about the offensive line and the lack of pressure, but. You know, we can also talk about him hanging on to the ball for too long, which has been an issue. And, you know, whether he's playing injured or not, he was playing well enough the entire game to, you know, run and lower a shoulder and run over a safety. So he, he could have done more at the end of the game. I, I agree with what you're getting at here. And I think this drive in particular, you know, it's one of the biggest chances he he's had all season to to prove to the Bucks if he really is that guy or not. You know, the last time I think about the Bucks with a drive – an opportunity like this to to go in and either win the game or come up with, you know, enough to go into overtime was the end of that Falcons game where they had two chances on offense to go down the field and just got absolutely nothing on both of those drives. And you can blame it on Baker if you like. You can blame it on play calling. But I thought they did enough at the end of this game to get down the field. You know, they finally get that big run they've been waiting for all year from Rashad White, 38 yards across the 50-yard line. It's a thing of beauty 
and it sets them up in great position, and you just cannot capitalize. And it's incredibly unfortunate because it was a huge opportunity for them. But, uh, Evan, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, if you're making a case for Baker Mayfield to not be back next year, that's sort of the evidence that you're going to use. Um, you know, it's been a, more than once now that they've needed him to come through, and he just hasn't. And is it all his fault? No. Like, he's he made some really nice plays today, uh, made some good throws, but at the same time, he's had two turnovers and four turnovers in the last two weeks. And just cannot cannot have it. It can't happen. And unfortunately, it's starting to become a trend now. And like we talked about, three straight games with a turnover, um, it's becoming a real trend, and it was something that he did such a good job at avoiding. And it would be really unfortunate this time of year, the most critical time of year for the Bucs, um, if he was you know to revert back to what he's been throughout his career, which is a guy who – you know, panics in the pocket. Um, he's sort of frantic in there. When the pocket starts to collapse, he sort of panics. Uh, and then also it could lead to turnovers. He stares guys down. He tries to force the ball. And that's what you saw in Cleveland and everything. And um, that's one of the reasons he's not there in Cleveland anymore. So hopefully he can just snap out of it and and play better football down the stretch here. James, any uh, final thoughts before we let you go? Defensively, I, I have you guys um, muted right now because I was on hold and I didn't want it to, like, echo or whatever it is. Did you guys talk about Devin White yet? No, we'll no, get there. Not not in particular, but let's okay. talk about it because we'll probably – we got a lot more calls to get through once you're done, so we'll probably talk some more about the defense with those guys, I think. But what are your thoughts on Devin White okay, today? He, so he certainly did not look like a $100 million linebacker to me. Oh, he's not, he's not coming back. I mean, I know that's been, like, a mindset for, like – I mean, you guys have been saying it for weeks now. I think everybody's been saying it for weeks now, but it's just like as time goes on, it's just more and more proof of like, yeah, he's, he's not going to come back. Like, mm-hmm. Well, he, just, he had to be the guy he, on defense today. You know, no Levante David. You're surrounded by rookie Servasier Dennis, who I thought was going to leave the game at some point, but he ultimately toughed it out. I, I mean, he was the eldest linebacker on the field today, and he should have been more. He, he mm-hmm. you know, had a big chance today and uh, just just didn't do enough. Yeah, I mean, like the run game for the Colts just shredded them, you know, something that the Bucks came in as a top 10 run defense. And, you know, part of that's also on the defensive line, right? But also with Levante being gone, it's like, okay, now this defense has just taken such a big dip without Levante um, being there. And Devin White, you know, he wants to get paid like the guy just right now. It's not, it's not happening. It's not happening. So. Yeah, I thought tackling altogether today was just was just piss poor on the defense. You know, that was a, a part of the reason that I, I think this Colts run game got better as the game went on. They were just finding success in the third and fourth quarter because the Bucks simply couldn't tackle. They couldn't wrap up and drop anybody. And uh, it got worse as the game went on. But, folks, make sure you check out James for more uh, comments from him about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over on his YouTube channel at Mr. Bucks Nation. Thanks for calling in, bud. Appreciate everybody holding. Yeah, thank you guys for holding. We know you've been hanging on for a minute. You're on the Canfire Podcast. Who's this? Uh, this is Taurus, man. What's going on, man? Hey, what's going on? How's it going? Uh, I had a question, man. What do you guys feel like about Devin White? Yeah, I mean, look, we, uh, you know, we just started this conversation. You know, we can, we can dive into it. Uh, let's dive right into the defense. I mean, Quite frankly, he looks like a guy who, you know, Rhett says doesn't look like worth $100 million. He doesn't 
looked like he's worth $50 million. Like, I mean, he's, he's playing like a below average linebacker and the, the PFF numbers reflect that. Now PFF isn't gospel. Um, and I'm actually, I'm planning on having an article on bucksnation.com this week about how I think it'd be a mistake for the bucks to pay Devin white. So, um, PFF isn't gospel and like a lot of their ratings and stuff are, are, you know, it can be off a little bit, but Devin white, I believe is great as the worst linebacker inside linebacker in the NFL. Uh, for people who qualify for their grades among starters. And right now, it has just been terrible timing for Devin White to be playing this bad in a contract year, especially when you didn't get your way in the offseason, so you requested a trade. And just not a good look. And just like James said, I've carried that opinion for a while. I know Scott Reynolds has carried that opinion for a while over a pewter report. I don't exactly know how Rep feels about the situation, but I don't expect Devin White to be back in Tampa Bay next year. No. Um, if, if he does, it's going to be a one-year pretty cheap deal. I don't expect him to be back. Yeah, I don't expect him to be high on the Bucks free agent priority list either. He he underperformed, and uh, he got punked by Gardner Minshew today on his way to the end zone. You know, there were multiple times where he just had to step up and make a play, and he couldn't. You know, he, he got carried by Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss a couple of times today as well. Like, you just can't, you can't be the guy on a defense that is, you know, one, going to pay you the contract that you want, but two, going to have to lean on you more and more is Levante David isn't going to be here forever. And, you know, without Levante David out there today, he was lost, just like the rest of the defense at times. But, um, you know, we appreciate your I, call, man. Sorry, go ahead. I kind of feel like he's uh, he's just kind of getting exposed these past, like, few games, being out there with uh, without no Levante. You know, he doesn't kind of have that safety net anymore. Without having that safety net out there, he's just getting exposed, man. And then watching Bowles, oh, my God, it's like a dumpster fire out there watching him go through and, try to play and pick plays and it's just I'm, I'm like man come on dude just commit to something be aggressive like act like your team like you have some faith in your team sometimes don't just don't just submit every time you get a free chance the challenge to call no challenge call that you put up there come yeah. on man like everybody's watching that your best player is telling you hey throw the challenge flag and it's like what are you doing man you just ignoring him come on man Mike's been doing this for a long time he knows when he's going to get a call come on yeah it, it- it's going to be interesting to see what Todd Bowles has to say, not only about the defense, but I think Devin White in particular. A lot of people have accused Todd Bowles of maybe taking it easy on Devin White, and at some point I think accountability has to kick in. This is a guy with a captain's patch, and, and you just you ultimately have to expect more from him. But definitely don't think he will be back in a Buccaneers uniform next season. It'll be interesting to see how the offseason shakes out and how the Bucks decide to approach his contract. But we appreciate your call, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Thank Good luck. God. Appreciate you. Thank you, guys, man. We love you guys. You're on the Canfire Podcast. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, boys. Um, I heard some uh, Tom uh, or Todd Bowles slander, so I knew I had to join in on the fun. <laughs> um, I got a couple questions for you. Um, do, how hot do we think Todd Bowles' seat realistically is? And um, if we traded up and got like uh, one of the quarterbacks in this past draft do you think that would have bought him another year all right yeah the, the second one's an interesting one i'm gonna answer the the first one first um i it's hot uh i i i think it's it's pretty hot i, I at this point i'd say he probably has to make the playoffs to keep his job um, and I know Rhett has been of the opinion that he thinks even if the Bucks don't make the playoffs, barring they like don't win another game, like then I think Rhett's opinion would change. But he hasn't been so sure that Bowles would be fired. But I think at this point, even if the Bucks win seven games and still miss the playoffs, 
I don't know if Bowles is surviving this. I, I think Bowles has to make the playoffs in order to survive. Now, the thing you mentioned, and, and for, to see Tot, okay, but we're going to preface this with saying he's not going to get fired right now. Uh, the Buccaneers, the Glazers have never fired a, a head coach midseason. Uh, they're not going to do it right now, especially not. If the NFC South was all wrapped up, maybe you consider it and the Glazers make history. But they still have a shot at the division. They're going to go for that. So um, he's not going to get fired right now. The second question is interesting. And this is, I haven't, I, I've thought about it, but nobody's really asked me this before. Would if, if let's say even maybe not even trade up, what if with the 19th overall pick, what if they picked Will Levis with the 19th overall pick instead of Kalaja Kansi? Does that buy Todd Bowles a little bit of time? If Kyle Trask is the starter right now, if they didn't sign Baker Mayfield and they rolled with Kyle Trask, it does that buy Todd Bowles a little bit of time? I'm not sure. And I think Todd Bowles was sort of stuck in a tough spot there to where he knew he needed to win this year. And Trask and a rookie quarterback probably wouldn't have been enough to win enough games to keep his job. At the same time, though, the options to have the veteran come in, it was limited. So would it have bought him another year? I think it would have depended on the team. Like with the way the defense has looked lately, I don't know because like I, I still think the defense has been pretty brutal lately, and that's supposed to be like his specialty. So I, I'm not sure if, if drafting a quarterback at all last year and starting him would have bought him another year, but I definitely think it would have helped. That's that's a really interesting question. Yeah, the seat's definitely hot. It's the hottest it's been all year. I think he does have the rest of the season, and I think there is a chance he could save his job. Like if the Bucks win the division and they make the postseason, then, it, you know, it's really hard to make an argument against a coach who, even though it's a shitty division, he arguably has back-to-back playoff appearances. You know, it's not guaranteed. The Bucks have proven to me that they cannot pile up wins uh, against teams that they should be. And that's the biggest difference maker. That is, that is what Todd Bowles does not have. He does not have a win this season where you go into that game and you're like, they should win. You know, like the Tennessee game, maybe. But we were coming off of a Houston loss against a rookie quarterback where we were more worried about Will Levis, and we were all convinced that he was going to throw for 300-plus yards I mean, on this defense. I mean, what, what two? <laughs> what, what, the, the Tennessee game and the Chicago game, right? Those are the only two I yeah. can really think of where you're like, yeah, they should win this game, and they did. Minnesota, you didn't really know what to expect. New Orleans, a lot of people were expecting a loss. You know, like, th- like there's been times where, like, oh, Atlanta? It should beat Atlanta. Didn't, you know, and, like, there's been time like this was another game you should win you didn't and that's the thing and even last year the Bucks did that they should have beaten Cleveland last year like you know th- there's a couple of teams they should have beaten Green Bay last year um you know and it's 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 something where it's starting to pile up on Todd Bowles and right now it's not looking good so it, his seat is uh like I said, they're not going to fire him anytime soon, but his seat's pretty hot. Yeah, I mean when you can't beat the teams that you should beat and you obviously lose to the teams that are superior, the the Phillies, the San Frans, the Detroits. You're just a bad football team, and, and there's not a lot of other ways to uh, to slice it. But final thoughts before we let you go, my friend. Yeah, I just I think it's really unfortunate for Todd. Um, I think that he is arguably a Hall of Fame caliber defensive coordinator. He's done a lot for the defense, and he's uh, kind of a mastermind and totally changed the the defense in, in Tampa since he's been here. But he's always going to be overshadowed. I mean, we saw it with the Jets. We're seeing it with the Bucks. Uh, I just don't think he's a great head coach. Um, but I'll keep it moving here. Thanks for letting me on, boys. I appreciate it. We appreciate Thanks you holding, man. We'll talk to you soon.
Yeah, I think realistically, you know, how the defense plays, you know, obviously the wins and losses are going to matter. The division race is going to matter. But a big thing is going to be how this defense looks down the stretch because you talked about it. You know, this is supposed to be his forte. This is supposed to be uh, what the Bucks can lean on in the past few weeks where they've had to lean on a defense. I know they were shorthanded today, uh, but the defense just was unrecognizable. A lot of missed tackles and a lot yeah. of poor football. We'll take yeah. a couple more calls here. Go, yeah. ahead. Go ahead, though. Yeah, really quick, though. I want to say, like, I, I'm i blaming this loss more on the defense than the offense. Like, I understand the yeah. defense was shorthanded. I get it. But like I said, I think the offense moved the ball, and the defense was getting gashed by Gardner Minshew. Like, I thought Minshew played really well, but I thought the Bucks' defense made it pretty easy on him. Michael like, in- Pittman Jr. was a monster today, by the way. I mean, there yeah. were some catches where I was like, all right, that's just a good catch. Yeah. Um, But... Uh, yeah, I just wanted to point that out really quick. Joan says, hugely expecting a good deal of guys to leave after the season is over. I think you're going to see a lot of changes. Um, I, I think if, if this team misses the playoffs with the list of free agents they have and the amount of cap space they could potentially have and the potential high draft pick they could have, I think you're going to see a lot of new faces in Tampa Bay next year. You'll see some familiar ones. Like, I still think they're going to, you know, Anthony Field's not going anywhere. You know, Tristan Warren's not going anywhere. And Mike Evans, I think they're gonna, still going to try and bring him back. But um, I think you're going to see a lot new of new faces. You're on the Can of Fire podcast. Thank you for holding. Uh, who is this? No problem, man. My name's Thomas. How you guys doing today? How you doing, Thomas? Hey, man. I'll get to my point. I know it's other areas on the team that could be upgraded or improved, but you got to bring a new quarterback next year, man. This guy, I was just going through the numbers real quick. For his career, he's 35 and 45, less than 225 yards a game, five out of six losing seasons. His last 31 starts, he's 9 and 22. His team's averaged 18 points a game, and he throws for 210 yards a game. I mean, and, and I just listen, everybody blames every coach, teammate, player, system, but not him. He finally got his 100-yard rusher today. Now, mind you, he got that all the time in Cleveland with Nick Chubb behind four Pro Bowl linemen. He finally uh, got that, and he's still not producing. I mean, they scored 20 points. Uh, seven of that came on a short field. Mm-hmm. It's like every week of 11 games this year, the other quarterback has outplayed him eight times. The only quarterback he's outplayed is Levi's, Carr, and uh, Justin Fields. To me, it's a mistake to assume just because the division sucks this year, it's going to suck next year, and the quarterback play in the division won't improve because it's unlikely that the division is going to be just as bad uh, next year as it is this year. To me, that's a terrible like that's a terrible game plan. Man, get him out of here. Keep uh, Bring Evans back, Winfield, extend worse. Get him out of here, man. You got Godwin and Evans. That's the same thing he did to Cleveland – to, uh, well, Evans is so good, even Mayfield can't stop him. But what he's doing to, to Godwin, that's what happened to Beckham and Landry. Look at those guys before they played with him, and then when they played with him, and it was an instant drop-off. He, uh, I think in Cleveland, he had, I was surprised, I think he had like eight or nine pro bowlers. You know, this comes to excuses. After a while, you are what you are. And then I'm tired of hearing he's playing fine or everybody else is stupid. You know, it's after a while, you are what you are. You don't get on four teams in nine months and be 10 games under 500 by accident. And, you know, it looked like Derek Carr is telling off after a good 10-year career. You know, quarterbacks seem to lose it overnight. Maybe that's the end of the road for him. 
but I don't want this guy on this team next year. You know, and, hey, every position in the draft is a crapshoot. Um, you could draft another C.J. Stroud or Zach Wilson. I don't know, but you definitely won't get one not drafting him. You know, hey, scout the uh, due diligence and, and try to get the best guy you can get in here and let's roll because Mike Evans is about to be 31, but he can still ball. Godwin is, is 27. You know, and sometimes you see teams where it looked like they couldn't do anything on offense. They make one switch at quarterback, and, they, and, and it makes a world of difference. Every defense they're playing isn't the 85 Bears, but every week it's a struggle. They're trailing. You know, it's a struggle. It's painful to watch. And just like every offense they're going against isn't the greatest show on turf. Like, I really think he's holding this team back. I don't know if Trask is the answer. He's probably not. But I'm just saying, you know, if you want to get rid of the GM and the coach, fine, because it's a results business. But make that fail quarterback, too. I mean, how many opportunities does he need? Not one game this year has he just, like, lit it up. He, he was serviceable. He was good against Houston. But you couldn't even be the team that didn't have a, fit, a, a kicker. I don't want to hear about that game when a rookie threw for 500 yards. I don't want to hear about that. I mean, it's just in his last 31 starts, he's 9-22. and He's went over 300 yards once in 31 games. And his team has only scored 30 points or more twice. That, you're, 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 not, you're not good. Sorry. I mean, how do you just not one day you just light somebody up for 375? Like Nick Foles and Ryan Fitzpatrick could even do that occasionally. Every game with this dude, it's a trip to the dentist. I mean, I, I just, you know, I'm just curious what you guys think. And I'm not saying he's the only problem, but why settle – I listen to all these callers. They want an all-pro safety, guard, corner, inside linebacker. But but it's like when it comes to the quarterback, oh, he's doing fine. That's the most crucial spot on the field. Why do you want to settle for the most important spot on the field? I mean, I just don't get it. So I'm curious what you guys think. I mean, I've listened to some of the things you guys said, but I, I don't see it, man. This guy's in it. I mean, when I saw him and Miss you playing, I'm like basically the same guy. Yeah, the um, I I appreciate all the stats there, Thomas. I mean, that that is laying down some serious info there. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, it's more that they're saying, you know, people just be like, "Oh, he's great. He right. sucks." I'm saying more. I'm saying he sucks, but I'm backing it up though. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that's that's not a coincidence, man. Your team don't score, you don't win, and you don't put up stats, and, and your team don't doesn't rank high in, in, in all these seasons. That's yeah. not a coincidence. What did you say? I think the the one stat you said was the most surprising to me. That what three hundred yards twice in the last thirty one games? No, once. Once. And I was against yeah, the Bears earlier this year. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, I think that's that's, that's, that, that's putrid. I mean, yeah. I think out of those thirty one starts, I think he was under two hundred yards. Man, it was like twenty one times. I'm talking about two hundred yards. I kind of watched the games and see. Okay, he's a known turnover machine. He knows that's his reputation. He dinks and dunks. He plays conservative. And I'm not saying that's the only reason you can't run the ball, but it sure in the hell doesn't doesn't help the run game when, when you're throwing a bunch of short passes and dinking and dunking. And that's why so many games when a defense doesn't get a turnover and set up a short field, um, you have three, seven, ten points going into the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? And, and – it's like it's all these putrid stats, 
always going into the fourth quarter with 120 yards, 130 yards, but he completes a high percentage. He throws a short touchdown pass. You know, how many games do we have to go in the fourth quarter down 24 to 7 or 20 to 7? Or I think the defense is why you were 3 and 1 in the first place with all of those turnovers. I mean, there hasn't been one game this year where him and the offense just lit somebody up. I mean, that's not a – it's a struggle every week. And in the fourth quarter, he just goes haywire, throws the ball all over the place. You know, he gets a lot of garbage time yards like he did against the Eagles and the Lions, and he finishes with 230, 240 yards. But even that Texans game, he had 11 yards passing in the third quarter. You should have put that game out of reach. The week before that against Buffalo, he had six. Those two third quarters combined, he had 17 yards. That's garbage. That's something any fan can look up. So that's why I really did blame him for the Texans game. You should have put that out of reach. You threw for 11 yards and Stroud threw for 200 and a third. Mm-hmm. Look at that Texans team. It's almost the same team Davis Mills has been playing with for years, but they made the change at quarterback. You know, and as far as the rushing stats, it was games against ten, um, the Bucks outran Detroit. They outran um, Houston and somebody else. But the quarterbacks just took the game over. I mean, man, you're not going to get a Nick Chubb your entire career, man. Like, he got spoiled. Like, you're going to have a weakness. You know, maybe it's going to be the offensive line. Maybe it's average receivers. Maybe it's no run game. I mean, we see year after year Josh Allen damn nearly running 4,000 yards and throwing for like 4,500. You know, he's not doing – no, you're good. He's not doing that to go to that running back. I mean, if you look for an excuse, you're going to find one. Yeah, Thomas, I think you make a lot of valid points, and obviously you did your homework on a lot of statistics and info for us today. You make a valid mm-hmm. argument, and I will say that the Bucks being in the position they are now, you know, when you're a team that we say that this year was like a transition year because you're trying to figure out what life is right. like post Tom Brady. You don't have a franchise quarterback mm-hmm. and a sure thing at the position anymore. So you have a lot of figuring out to do, but the bucks are also looking to invest in their future. This is the year to see what you have. And right. you know, guys like Devin white and, and we know what he is at this point in the season. Not sure what his future is going to be, but you know, Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin still has a couple of years left on that contract, but Tristan worse, Antoine Winfield, you want to pay the guys and invest in the guys that you know work. And I think Baker Mayfield is definitely running out of time uh, to to convince the Bucks that he can be the answer at quarterback. But, Thomas, we got to get to the rest of these calls, my friend. We really appreciate right, you man. calling in. Okay. Take care. Thanks, All right. Bye. Your closing thoughts here about just uh, the Buccaneers in general, sitting at four and seven, obviously still, what, just a game back in the NFC South, a very ugly division that's going to go down to the bitter end. But, the Bucks, to me, do not look like a team who can uh, stack up some critical wins here at the end of the season, which is what they're going to need to do to make the postseason. No, I mean, they don't. And, uh, you know, when you can't. And, and that's the thing after they, they lost to the Texans, and that's why in that the article I wrote in Bucks Nation saying the season was over, I was like, you know, if they can't beat the Texans, and I highlighted their next, you know, three games or whatever, I said, if they can't beat the Texans, how are they going to beat the Titans, 49ers, and Colts? Right. And they lost two or three. I mean, you know, their next three games, Carolina, Atlanta, and Green Bay. It's two road games, one home game. Like Green Bay's playing some good ball. I are they gonna beat Green Bay right now? I'm gonna say no. Um, Atlanta, I don't know. Like division games are always close, but is Atlanta gonna sweep them? I have a hard time believing that. But at the same time, with the way they're playing. 
They could. Carolina, like, do I think they're going to beat Carolina? Yes. I mean, spoiler for the game preview show. I think they're going to beat the Carolina Panthers. Is that game going to be close? Probably. Like, I, I think that game's probably going to be pretty close. I mean, they played a close game with the Titans today, the Panthers. I think they lost 17 to 10. Um, so I think, you know, Carolina is, they're still professionals that they want to fight. Um, and it's a divisional game and they're going to get up for it. So, and then you have, you close that with Jags at home, Saints at home, and then at Panthers. So uh, by the time that Saints game rolls around, the division may, it may be over already. I mean, you know, we'll have to wait and see, but right now, again, I just look at it. If you can't beat a team like the Colts, how, how am I supposed to expect you to beat the Falcons? Or, or the Packers, or or even the Saints right now. I mean, can you beat the Panthers? Yeah. I'm not expecting you to beat the Jaguars. But, like, you know, like, you could beat the Packers. Might be a team you should beat. Like, the Saints you've already beaten once. You know, then the Falcons, like, yeah, you lost. It was a close game, and, he, and it could have gone either way. How am I supposed to believe and buy into the fact that you're going to win these games, enough games to win the NFC South, or, or you know, or make the wild card? I mean, it's just it's not going to happen. So, um, I is is it all Baker Mayfield's fault? No, I've been critical of Baker Mayfield in the past. Uh, the call it was Evan Wanish versus the Baker Mayfield fan club on Tuesday or whatever it was. Um, I've been critical of him. He's a problem. He is not the problem. Uh, he is not the biggest problem. He's probably not even a top three problem uh, because he has played well at times. However, my stance is, do you think you can win a playoff game with Baker Mayfield? If the answer is no, you need to find a guy who can. And right now, I think that answer is no. And I don't know how anybody can look you in the eye and tell you yes. Yes, you can win a playoff game with Baker Mayfield. I just, I, I don't see it. So we'll see what type of Bucks team shows up next week against Carolina. If they lose that game. If they lose that game, Bowles might be fired yeah. because I mean yeah, that is that would be one of the worst losses I've ever seen this team have. And I I've been watching this team. We've been covering on the podcast for seven years. I've been watching the team for over ten. I've seen a lot of freaking losses. That would be the worst loss I've ever seen. If you were to lose next week to that Carolina team, um, then I mean yeah, just pack it up. And at that point, I'd bench Mayfield. I would start Trask like. Good thing is I don't think they're going to lose, but if they do, just pack it up. So that's that's my close though. The defense needs to be better. I mean, like I said, that's top bowl specialty, and they've been shredded. I understand the injuries. Levante David's a big one. No guarantee Levante David's coming back anytime soon. By the way, like they didn't put him on IR, which is good news. But like he still could miss another game or two. Same with Jamel Dean. Um, we'll have to see you know how Carlton Davis reacts after playing. You know how does Devin White react after playing? Servasi uh, Dennis apparently got hurt today. So we're going to have to wait and see how, and Tabo said there's no updates on any of those guys. So uh, this defense has become like Swiss cheese basically over the past four or five weeks, and it has turned into a disaster for, for the Buccaneers. So um, we'll see, but they, the ship is starting to take on water and it's starting to tilt this way. And it's really close to just going right under. So we'll have to see if they can write it or not. Yeah. The clock With, is uh, we, we got Kathy. No, no note or nothing with a five dollar super chat. Thank you for the five dollars. Really appreciate it, Kathy. Thank no you, note at all, just five dollars. Appreciate it. Really appreciate that, Kathy. But I will say this about the Bucks: as you had mentioned, the boat starting to sink. You know, the clock is ticking on on what this twenty twenty three season is going to be remembered as for the Bucks. Can they go on a marvelous run here and make the postseason? I have my doubts. Um, but even in the case of Baker Mayfield, 
he's going to have to play some pretty impressive football here over the next couple of games if the Bucs are going to make a decision to bring him back. I, I said on the Tuesday show, and it, it's kind of an evergreen podcast. I think a lot of what we said still rings true after the game this week. I don't think my thoughts have shifted too much, uh, but go back and listen to it if you are interested in some more Baker conversation. And, and Nicholas Rodriguez with the two-hour Super Chat just says, all in all capitals, CM Punk. Of course, <laughs> yeah, CM Punk's back. Um, but Kathy also said she, she's given up. She's calling uncle. She said, uncle, sadly, I'm starting to agree on bake. Appreciate the super chats from Kathy and from Nicholas. Yes. CM Punk got the shirt right here. Uh, it's it. It's the AW shirt, but don't hate on me. Uh, but yeah, CM Punk's back. Appreciate the super chats, uh, throughout the night guys. Yeah. Baker's running out of time. Uh, Todd Bowles yep. is, is running out of time. Yeah. I, I, I have said since the beginning, Baker is an easy guy to root for. And believe it or not, I am still rooting for Baker. I would like to see the Bucks have an answer at quarterback after this season rather than looking a for a long-term draft. answer. Long-term you know what I mean? Answer. Like if Baker can play his ass off and this offense continues to improve the way that they have these last couple of weeks, let's be honest here. Uh, today they ran the ball better. Baker ultimately came up short, had a bad game. There's no denying it. But if, if he can, you know, string together some wins and look convincing doing it, I think it's going to go a long way, but he's going to have to do a lot. It is an uphill battle. And uh, I just don't know, based off of what we've seen so far this season, if it's going to be attainable for the Bucks at the end of the day. But ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this week's post-game reaction episode of the Cannon Fire podcast. A lot of calls today. I think the most calls we've ever taken on a show, but we appreciate you guys hanging out and uh, hanging out on hold, by the way, to, to call in and drop some knowledge. We always appreciate your Bucks takes. Shout out to everybody in the live chat as well. And everyone who super chatted Nicholas Rodriguez, Kathy Gillespie, the crazy shank. Uh, shout out to Mr. Bucks nation and everybody who called in Brandon Palmo, Kathy. Yeah, Kathy says, I love Rhett. You need Baker pom-poms. <laughs> All right. Willie B. Hey, yeah, and, and crazy shank. Yeah, you're right. Me and me and Rhett going to get off here and we're going to go meet up at a Wendy's because yeah, yeah we, we, we got a little bit of money to spend at the Wendy's. Yeah. We got enough today for two, four for fours. Maybe we could, oh, get, man. maybe we could get crazy, get two $5 biggie bags, but uh, I am excited for that. Might try to squeeze in a frosty if I can. So. Yeah, there you go. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are cannon fire podcasts, best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneer news, as it happens, speaking of Bucks news, as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at Evan NFL and check out his written work at BucksNation.com. What have you got on the schedule this week? Yeah, I gave a little bit of a spoiler of, uh, of what I have here. Um, Going to be writing about how yeah, I think it's a mistake to, to bring back Devin White. Um, that's probably the biggest one I'll write this week. But then also keep an eye out for for the Q and a later this week, uh, turn around and, and getting it done. So just keep rolling along and uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But I, I mean, you know, John, not just me, everybody on bugs nation does a great job uh, of recapping the game. So head over there for uh, all the coverage you need. Sounds good. Last but not least, you can find myself Instagram and Twitter slash X at Redicus R H E T T A K U S. If you follow me, I will follow you back, but that's the show. Uh, if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, Make sure you are because we are going to continue to have some more Tampa Bay Buccaneers content for you coming out this week. Evan putting out some more videos. So excited to get some more Buccaneers content up on the channel. And uh, that's studs, more and, studs and duds, studs and duds out Monday. So be on the lookout for that. Excited to add a new level to the YouTube channel. It's a, it's a great source for the show. And if you're listening 
and you haven't checked out the YouTube channel, go subscribe. It's free and uh, take a look around. Maybe you'll find something you like. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off from my co-host, Evan Wanish. We will talk to you guys on the podcast on Tuesday as we break down some more of the best and worst from this week's loss to the Indianapolis Colts. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, thank you for listening, and go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.